Welcome back to the Church's Messy Podcast. I'm Pastor Svea Mary, and glad to be back with Pastor Rick Henderson after a couple weeks of silence. Uh, church has been a little messy, but uh, but we're glad to be back here today. Yeah, that's right. I think someone even said, wait a second, um, this is the Church's Messy Podcast. When our church got messy a little bit, the podcast <laughs> went silent. What's going on? Well, we have some material to talk about. We so. do. We do have. We do have some material to to talk about. We didn't plan on going uh, on a on a break, um, but uh, what? For those of you who are part of Autumn Ridge Church and you're listening, uh, you know. Um, about uh, some uh, some announcements and things we've shared in, in the life of our church recently. For those of you who might be listening uh, from a distance and you're not a part of Autumn Ridge, uh, I don't really want to get into the to the to the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of it. Um, but it's it's really for our church. But the reality is, is we had a pastor who made some lifestyle choices that we had to confront. We had to hold mm-hmm. account hold him accountable. Uh, he's no longer on staff, and these are things that we that we shared with our church. And so, when we talk about church is messy, that is kind of a that's a very messy thing yeah. uh, that we had to address. And it wasn't our intent to like, you know what? I'm not talking to anybody right now. We're <laughs> hiding. We we don't want to engage. We're not willing to live up to the title yeah. of this podcast. Uh, one. Um, we had gone out of town on a on a, on a church conference. Um, a bunch of us, like ten of us, yeah, went to do that. Fantastic conference! And, and fan, yeah, learned so many things. Challenged and 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 all the good ways. Yep, and all the good ways. Loved it. Uh, but this was something we discovered on the tail end of our trip, and we came back in town, and an entire week was this dominated everything. It had to be the focus. It was. It was the yeah. focus, and and really, um, it's okay. How do we respond? Um, with truth and grace. Yeah. How do we respond with wisdom? How do we honor God's word? How do we care for people involved? How do we care for our congregation? Um, that dominated everything. And so there was no podcasting going on. No, and then in the mix of that, uh, yeah. five of us on the pastoral staff all came down with COVID at, one at time. the same time. Yeah, so it was just, so <laughs> we're happy little to... little souvenir from our th- trip. That's likely. right. <laughs> we're, we're happy to be back, but there was just some things. And I I'm supposed to be in Ghana right now. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, Pastor Otis and I, pa- uh, postponed our trip to Ghana. We're going in September, and your husband Steve is going. Yes, he's I, very excited. I'm very excited. I love that guy. I can't. I'm. I'm stoked to be able to uh, to make my first trip to Africa. Yeah. Uh, with 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 Steve and the group, that's going to be great. Yeah, he can't uh, wait to get back. Good, 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 good. And so uh, that's coming later. And so right now we're really focusing on. Uh, uh, I, I chose to stay because I wanted to to really spend time with our staff and and, and focus on uh, on our on our church's needs and our congregation's needs. So I want to give a shout out to something that's coming up in a couple of weekends. I don't know when people are listening to this, uh, but June fifth, twenty twenty two. June fifth, we're going to have what we're the first of an event that we're just calling Ecclesia, which is the Greek word for for called out ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gathering for our church. It's going to be a night of worship and unhurried prayer mm-hmm. together. For a long time, I've been thinking, I've just been sensing, I think our church needs uh, time to gather together that's distinct from our weekend worship services. And I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And in light of recent, recent events, I just said, and, and and was really encouraged by some others, now's the time. Yeah. Let's, let's do it now. And so I'm looking forward to that. If it's before June 5th, 2022, um, 
join us. We're going to be in the Timothy Chapel. It's going to 5.30 p.m., uh, some worship together. I'm going to share a couple of things from my heart. I'm not going to, not going to preach a sermon, uh, and it's going to be a time of unhurried prayer as a I'm congregation. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that will be a wonderful dynamic for our church and a great opportunity to come together yeah. and, and relax in mm-hmm. the fellowship of one another, and the Timothy Chapel is such a beautiful setting for yeah, that. Yeah, it's so, going to be great. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Messy I feel things. like I need to give a little bit of a shout out, right? Excuse me, that's the wrong word. It's not a shout out. I'm uh, in need of a little bit more coffee. <laughs> this is this is what I need to do. I think I need to give a little bit of a um, little bit of a word of caution. If um, let's just uh, if you are riding around in the car and you're a mom or dad or you got kids mm-hmm. with you, this might be the one that you want to listen to with earbuds in. Sure. This might be the one uh, that you just want to wait till later. If you got teenagers with you. Certainly, certainly include them. And we're not going to get, uh, this is not going to be salacious. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, it's not like um, it's explicit. It's not going to be R-rated. No, and but it's, it's not explicit content. We're talking content. about some adult material. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about some things that require, uh, I think, quite a bit of wisdom and I think courage to talk mm-hmm. about and to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, With sensitivity, too, because we know that this topic is a sore one for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, particularly women. And so we are are wading into this with with a little caution, Mm -hmm. and yet uh, it's important to talk about things that are happening in the church and things that are messy and things that are are reality. And and not talking about it doesn't make it go away. So... Can I just say this? I I appreciate everything that you just said. Uh, I appreciate the sensitivity that you bring, the the wisdom that you bring, and and I appreciate the strength and the bravery that you bring, because I know as we go through this this conversation, you're not just going to speak for women in general. You're you're going to speak for yourself, and this is the kind of conversation where you and I are probably going to um, just say, "Hey, this is where I'm at. I'm going to mm-hmm. share share vulnerably," um, but. Could I also say that this is a difficult thing for men as well? Mm-hmm. Did you know that one in six adult men were victims of sexual abuse? I have recently read that. I was amazed to read that. Um, there is uh, these these types of hurts are uh, no respecters of persons. Mm-hmm. There is there's there's no group there's no category of people because you're in this category or you are this gender that you you are hurt free. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people. Who are who are carrying hurts? Either mm-hmm. hurts that they've experienced personally, or hurts they're carrying with someone mm-hmm. who they love, who was who was wounded. And so, um, we want to be we want to be careful. We want to be cautious, and we we certainly we certainly want uh, to be sensitive, and we want this to be helpful and hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I believe I, I believe that it that it, that it can be. Um, well, and statistics are that even if you are not someone who has experienced abuse in your own life, the chances are very high that someone you love mm-hmm. has. And uh, and yes. so we're glad to, to offer that's, this conversation. That That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And I'm just going to say, personally, for me, um, what we're talking about today, just on a personal level, I've got multiple intersection points in my in my own life for, for a variety of different ways, a variety of different different reasons. This isn't this is not abstract. Um, this is, this is something that, uh, that we, because we care about people, um, this is, this is immensely personal. It's so what I want us to do is I want to zoom out. We're not going to talk about our church as much as we're going to talk about 
churches mm-hmm. right now and what it feels like. Uh, this morning, I just I made some notes of uh, what are some just what are some reports or scandals or stories that I'm immediately aware of. Um, yeah, it feels like it's in the news all the time right now. Yeah, it does. Church scandals it, are are just a hot topic that it, it, are coming up regularly in in multiple sources and uh, in multiple forms. There's documentaries, there's oh, news sure. stories, it's all sure. over Christian blogs, but in the secular news as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just listed off um, uh, Willow Creek and Bill Hybels from a few years ago, uh, Ravi Zacharias. Um, the I think it was in the top five of Apple Podcasts, uh, in the Apple Podcast category, mm-hmm. uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill chronicling uh, Mark Driscoll and the events that took place at Mars Hill, Seattle. Yeah, it was an amazing um, podcast. There's the there's the Hillsong uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity. They made it on Disney Plus. Oh, um, <laughs> My goodness! Well, <laughs> you say Disney Plus. I feel like that's a whole that's a that's a whole kind of kind of can of worms. But we don't there. need to go there. We right don't now, need to go there. We're not trying to make any statements. But We're, that's how how salacious and mainstream these church scandals have become. Yes, and I think that word right there, mainstream. Hmm. It is just common knowledge. It's mainstream. It's mm-hmm. it's it's everywhere. Um, Christianity Today. Um, on the heels of uh, the the uh, Mar- rise and fall of Marseille podcast, mm-hmm. uh, they self-reported mm-hmm. on things that they discovered in their in their own organ organization. I respect that they did that. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the um, just re- just this week. The I think it was yesterday it came out. There's a massive 400 page uh, report that came out on the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest uh, denomination, uh, Protestant denomination in in the United States, over 47,000 churches. Uh, devastating re- report. Devastating report. And then there's the the Catholic uh, Church uh, uh, sex abuse scandal. There's there's all of that, and it feels like it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about it. But before we talk about it. Sveo, what do you think we ought to say to the person who who's throwing up their hands? Uh, they they're they're about to hit pause, or they're yelling at us right now. Please don't talk about this. This is mm. this is gossip. We we shouldn't be engaging in this. We shouldn't mm. talk about. It. We're only making it worse. This isn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, I you know I really appreciated when you gave the message after some of the sad news in our own church broke, mm-hmm. pointing to First Timothy five. That's right. That leaves no room for mm-hmm. debate. That we are to hold our Christian leaders, our pa- pastors, our elders, people that are in positions of authority in the church, to a higher standard. And when mm-hmm. there is some thing that is unrepentant and ongoing sin in the life of such a leader, there isn't room for sweeping this under the rug anymore. <clears throat> we do need That's right. to bring this out into the open for two really important reasons. We need to talk about this because it is for the health of the person who's in moral danger that's right. That we need to to focus on this and eradicate this. It's not loving to let someone live with cancer that's without right. treating it. If that's there's right. something that's eating them alive mm-hmm. inside, uh, we, we need to focus on that. We need to deal with that. And then the second reason it's so important to do that is that we need to do it for the health of the people in the community mm-hmm. that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is essential. It's an, an important biblical principle 
that we acknowledge and deal with sin mm-hmm. in uh, in our Christian leaders. And uh, and I think it's just a healthy principle in general. And I think that's what we're seeing in our culture, that for so long, a lot of these issues of, of sexual scandals and abuse have been just kind of swept under the rug. A lot of people have been told just, you know, just deal with it, or we've turned a blind eye mm-hmm. to the pain of, of so many victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but we're not tolerating that anymore. And it, it is time to, to shine a little bit brighter spotlight on this. That's right. And to address this that, in a healthy that, way. That's, exa- that's exactly right. Apostle Paul's crystal clear in writing to, to, to Timothy. Uh, we reprove, we bring it up, we deal with it in front of all. Mm-hmm. And then he attaches to it so that everyone may be warned. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it, it is it is for our collective good that we that we do these things and i just want to i just quickly want to highlight every single one of us who are in ministry every single one of us who are pastors we knew going into this we're held to a higher standard mm-hmm. we all knew ahead of time that our lives are on display that we are an open book we joyfully happily willingly embrace that and we know that this is that this is part of it and it's okay. It's okay that it's part of it. It's a good thing yeah. for it to be part of it. Well, if I may just speak very vulnerably Please as do. the newest pastor on our staff, yeah. it has been an absolutely humbling thing to me to realize um, in a whole new way the seriousness of sin and the responsibility mm-hmm. that I have to to live a life that is pleasing to God because mm-hmm. it really isn't just about each of us individually we do have an impact that's right on our whole church and on the community there's a ripple effect mm-hmm. of sin and or a ripple effect of purity in the oh, life sure. of a pastor and a leader oh sure and yeah. uh, and and just walking the church through the last couple of weeks has has made that all the more evident to me absolutely so if that's one good thing that can result from this I think mm-hmm. it is a healthy thing for us in leadership and it's a healthy thing for our church to uh, to wrestle that down again a little bit more and acknowledge the importance of being honest about our own sin so we've been in this series neighboring we just wrapped it up th- this past weekend one of the things that we hope to, to to, to make clear and just it's not new information but to remind us and to help us to see it in, in a clearer way is how interconnected we are mm-hmm. and the reason we're interconnected is because God designed us that way mm-hmm. God is a community of friendship for all eternity he is one in being three in persons um, we are made in his image we reflect what he is like and a significant part of that means that we are made for relationship and community mm-hmm. and there's Listen, I love Western civilization. I'm a product of Western civilization. Uh, I'm a product of this culture. There's so much that that I love about it. One of the flat sides of the culture and the worldview that I inherited and that I was raised in is that a hyper focus on individuality mm-hmm. and individual responsibility, massively important. I teach that to my kids, but I'm not an island. Mm-hmm. I am connected to people in a way that's deeper and broader than even I know how to calculate. Mm-hmm. And it is in times of sexual sin that it becomes inescapable. Yeah. No one can deny it. No matter what your worldview, no matter what your lifestyle choices, we be, we see, you know what? I'm impacted by something you did that you thought was private, and you know what? It's just not private. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about the importance of community and and. One of those Christian terms that we throw around uh, often is the the concept of having an accountability partner, yeah, and things. But that but that is an important 
thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that's a change that I've made in my own life, or I shouldn't say a change, but a renewal mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've asked Pastor Karen to serve as someone that I can just be blatantly raw and vulnerable with mm. to, to share with her the gritty details of what's going on in my head. Uh, because I think one of the most dangerous things that we can do with our own sin is to hide it. Oh, yeah. And to, to yeah. fear, you know, I wouldn't want anyone else to know what I'm thinking here or what I'm struggling with, and it sets us up for this kind of double life. And I think at that root of that problem is the seed of the church scandal crisis that we're seeing. When when pastors and other leaders, or anyone for yeah. that matter, finds themselves in a position where they're wrestling with sin, and they've gotten themselves in so deep, yes. and it's become this divided life mm-hmm. of, uh, of looking good on the outside, but knowing that there's something deep and rotten on the inside that they can't deal with. Everybody in Celebrate Recovery is trying to give you a high five right now. They, they, listen, they would tell you the power of addiction is in the secrecy. They would say the power of the sin is in the secrecy. And one of the reasons that I think that we are told to confess our sins to one another is has nothing to do with shame, has mm-hmm. nothing to do with trying to get you to feel bad about yourself so that you behave. Now, it's not about that. It's the power is in the secrecy. Mm-hmm. And when we bring it into the light, we see Listen, it does not have to have power over us, and this is a huge part of what the the Apostle Paul was talking about in Galatians, carry one another's burdens. These are things that are too heavy for one person to carry alone, so we're going to carry it together, and it does not have to dominate. We have been given freedom in Christ, remembering that God is a community, a friendship for all eternity. (laughs) The way that we're going to experience a life of thriving is never going to be in isolation. It's never going to be alone. It's always going to be connected to other people. And so if there's anybody out there right now, and they feel vulnerable to something, or they're on a path to something or they're in the middle of something, you got to be connected with other people. There yes. is no version. There's no version of the Christian life. There's no version of the gospel that has victory and isolation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would echo that and just find someone safe to yeah. talk to, find yeah. someone that you can be honest with. And it's amazing how quickly the power of sin is drained away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like sticking a pin in a balloon yeah. when you've brought someone into that that you can be honest with, that you can mm-hmm. be vulnerable with, and someone who will help you mm-hmm. um, to, to deal with that sin. I kind of want to run that rabbit trail. But I'm going to say no, okay. uh, because I want to I want to keep us on the rails, and I feel like I've kind of gone into preacher mode a little bit, and I, I've gotten a little little amped up. I took a sip of coffee, and I'm and I'm ready to go. But I want to intentionally turn the corner or, or, or turn back a page for for me, and I want to invite you to join me in this instead of instead of just going towards all right, this is truth and this is wisdom, and can we just talk about? how we react personally. Mm, And mm -hmm. it's not even the way that we're supposed to, we're not talking about intentional response. I'm just talking about when we hear news like this, Mm -hmm. just for the sake of people out there who are listening, how do we react? Because I got some reactions that they're true, um, they're not awesome, uh, there's things I got to work through, and, and I want to – hopefully it's encouraging to other people. Well, I'd say first is probably not how do we react, but what are the spectrum of reactions that you have? Oh, <laughs> right? my goodness. And, and yeah. how, how often do they change? Mm. Um, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I've had so many different 
emotions, mm. so many different uh, expressions of grief, of anger, of sadness, of disappointment, mm. of hopefulness, of grace. Um, mm. It's, yeah. it's been all over the map and yeah. you know and whether it's reacting to what's happened in our own community here or whether it's seeing things on the news about churches across the country it's not one reaction no it's not one reaction um, there was a weekend um, there's like a three or four day stretch where I listened to to the rise and fall of the Mars Hill podcast episode, and then I listened to the C- the Christianity Today reporting on themselves, and I also watched the Hillsong mm. um, documentary. Like like in a four day stretch, Ooh. I wanted to vomit. Yeah, and I was I w- I felt emotionally overwhelmed, and I decided to tell myself, "You have got to turn this off because yeah. this is it was a, it was affecting me." And and I Svea, I found myself just like it's everywhere. Yeah, it's there's there's no escape. It, it's it's everywhere. Um, that's it, not that's not a that's not a true perspective. But it, it part of me is just like, am I kidding myself here? What's and I wanted to like, well, I'm never singing those songs again. You know, this church has got to. I'm <laughs> never singing those songs again. Huh? <laughs> Hill song is dead to you. Hill song is dead to me. <laughs> but okay, I went through that right, and like about about a week later, I'm like, all right, I want to sing those songs again mm-hmm. because. Um, because the people who wrote the songs and the people who performed the songs are not the same people who maybe made these the, mm. these other decisions. I want to make sure that I'm not I'm not conflating those two. That's things. helpful. Say more about that because I think a lot of us wrestle when, particularly in the case of a well-known pastor, mm. maybe someone who's authored books that we've appreciated yeah. or sermons that we've listened to and and really benefited from, and then that pastor falls in some kind of a scandalous end to his sure. ministry career. What do we do with this body of work that has maybe meant yeah. something to yeah. us in the past? I, I appreciate you bringing that up. If you walked into my office right now, you would find books by people who um, have done horrific wrongs. Horrific wrongs. Um, the um, I still don't know. I still don't really know what to do with what I know about Ravi Zacharias. Mm-hmm. And I have... I have... Um, benefited tremendously by his life and his ministry. Mm-hmm. He has given me so many um, great resources, as he has for millions of others. Um, I got to go to a luncheon one time. I was really wrestling with something, not knowing how to respond. I had the opportunity to ask him about it, and he gave an answer that has shaped my preaching, my conversations, uh, my ministry for years since. Mm-hmm. I have tremendous appreciation and just deep grief and unbelief mm-hmm. over over this over this sin that was buried not too deep, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> should have been dealt with. Yeah. Should have been obvious. Um, so what do I do with that? Do I get to quote Ravi Zacharias now? It's an awkward problem. Isn't it's an it? awkward. It's an awkward problem. Mm-hmm. Do I? Should I get rid of his books? Like, would people come in and they meet with me and they're they're? 
I mean, what if someone comes into my office, right? And I'm and I'm counseling with a family or I'm counseling with someone and the thing that we talk about is some sort of trauma or abuse and they look over on the shelf and they see books by mm-hmm. pastors who are known to have been bad actors yeah. or abusers. Yeah. Should I take those and, and hide them? See, these are like I I don't like, what's the well, right and, answer? And let me take you a step further, yeah. because on one level, you don't have a single book on your shelf that isn't written by a sinner. I mean, every human oh, yeah. is, is falls short of God's standard of mm-hmm. holiness. So, so how do we detangle, or, or maybe we don't, maybe church is just messy, yeah. but, uh, but how do we separate the importance of calling out someone for their sin, holding them accountable for their sin, particularly in the case of a church leader, which is where we started this conversation of why it is valid and important for us to be talking about these things, and yet not getting to a place where we're being so judgmental of some people saying, well, you've now sinned to a certain level, so we're going to exclude you, all while maybe turning a blind eye or at least uh, softening the effect Mm -hmm. of sin on, uh, on everyone else's life. Yeah. Um, that's a really great question. I don't know that I've got a good answer. I, I think that uh, where I go, um, my what I want to share might come out a little bit murky. Okay. Well, we're, have, we're have, talking unscripted, okay. so off this the top is, of your head, is, go for this it. This is unscripted. The question that you just asked is why, regardless of what someone believes about God or not, regardless of whether someone's religious, irreligious, devoted, doubter, atheist, agnostic, whatever. If there is any justice, there has there has to be, there has to be a God who is omnipotent mm. and omniscient mm. um, and an all-powerful and an all-knowing God. All-powerful all-knowing and wise. One of the ways that my weakness surfaces is that sometimes I just don't have the strength to sift out and hold separately. Here's decades of things that were phenomenally good and helpful. Mm -hmm. And here's also, for however long or short, deeply troubling and hurtful um, actions mm-hmm. that that hurt others, that hurt you, um, created all kinds of trauma and harm. Mm-hmm. Like one of the ways that my weakness sur- surfaces is that I don't. Sometimes I just don't have the ability to hold them separately. It all floods together, mm-hmm. and I want a judge who has the power to see reality for what it is, to know uh, to know the full truth and has the goodness and the willingness to respond appropriately to it all. Mm-hmm. And I've just never met a single person or a group of people who are able to do that on their own. Mm-hmm. We need a good and just and loving God. And so, what does that mean? What do I do with the books on my shelf? And do I quote or do I not quote? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get to a point where I'm, it's a judgment call and I'm doing the best that I can. So this is what I do. Uh, I, if those guys said something that is true and helpful and good, 
um, and I've benefited from it, and I think other people will benefit from it. Um, I quote them. I just don't give them attribution. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say one time, and uh, or here's something that was beneficial to me that I got from somebody else, and I and I say it. I just don't attach their name to it because it, their name is radioactive emotionally. Sure. Because they. But because there can still be truth in what they're still they're saying. There's still truth. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the yeah. uh, innumerable things that just blows my mind about God and His His goodness and His grace is that aspect that you just touched on of God being omniscient, that mm-hmm. he knows everything. Mm-hmm. He knows the ways that each of us will fail him, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. as he calls us to serve him. Yeah. And it's not like the the church scandals that we've referenced or, or anything else comes to him as a surprise. And, and I can't quite understand what he's thinking at times when yeah. he allows some of us to serve in a way that has beautiful impact for the kingdom, and yet people mess it up royally. But I see that in Scripture. I see what he did in the life of David. I see uh, <coughs> what he did in the life of Peter. And uh, yeah, and there's just this incredible grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet I think we should take it with an awesome amount of responsibility sure. that, uh, that when God has called us to serve the kingdom, that we do that in a, in a way that's worthy of the calling that he has extended to us. Mm. So yeah, that's beautiful. And I coughed in the middle of it and I apologize. <laughs> Our technology, we don't have a cough button like they do in nice production studios, but well, again, church is messy. Yeah, church We're just is messy. going with it's it today. Fair. That's, 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 <laughs> That's that's fantastic. I, I really I really I really appreciate you you sharing that. So I guess we've we've kind of walked we're drifting away from um, kind of our immediate reaction of the waves of emotion and the never singing the songs again and throwing away all the books to okay, what is okay, what is the what is the wise and helpful response? And there's probably <clears throat> two, maybe three ways that I think that we should we should address this. One is, um, let's just talk about individuals, just as people, and and as people, and and this is this this podcast is designed primarily for the for the people of Autumn Ridge Church. Uh, love it if other people listen, but really this is this is intended um, to to be helpful uh, for people who are part of our part of our our local church. And so let's think about it as. So how do we respond as participants and members of a local church body? Mm-hmm. And then how does how should organizations mm-hmm. respond? Mm-hmm. And is there also is there a difference between the organizational response and then individual people who are in positions of leadership their response? Okay, good. Let's do that. So there's three things there. So let's start with the first one, just kind of just individual I'm, I'm tr- I want to follow Jesus. I want to be. Um, I want to be wise. Want to be healthy. Um, uh, family member and, and, and a local church. And mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners would be this local church, but maybe they're another local church. So what is, what does that what does that look like? Well, I think 
way early on in our discussion, you mentioned the twin pillar values of truth and grace, mm-hmm. and we, we kind of blew right by that. Yeah. But but I think those are two wonderful things to cling to in our right and our left hand to mm-hmm. hold truth and grace, that they're two of our church's values, but mm-hmm. they're, they're clearly principles that we see in Scripture, and Jesus Christ himself came to us full of truth oh, yeah. and grace. So we take truth seriously. We take the truth about sin seriously, and yet we also cling to grace. We give grace relentlessly. We give grace to ourselves. We extend that grace to others. Yeah, I love that. That's really, really good. I want to say something else, too. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to say next, if it is edited out and left to stand by itself, isolated and amplified, it's going to make me sound like a jerk. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to make me sound tone deaf. You've got everyone listening now. Yeah, And it's not intended to be understood by itself. It's intended to be a single thread in the tapestry of a, of a full response. Okay. But this is a single thread and a tapestry of a larger, fuller response. All right. We're ready for it. There are over 380,000 churches in the United States. While it feels like this is everywhere, the truth is the thing, the subject matter that we're talking about is not everywhere and it's not everyone. Yeah. We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. And we don't say that as a way to minimize. We're just, we're just reminding ourselves one, we're all guilty. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to another pastor this week and I said, I'm, just as vulnerable to any of these sins as anybody else. I don't think I'm more vulnerable. Certainly just as just as vulnerable. Yeah, all of us are capable. Um, mm-hmm. But there are 380,000 churches in the United States. Mm-hmm. If you got together with your friends and you listed out all of the of all the all the scandals, all the bad actors, all the all the abuse that you could think of, mm-hmm. um, and and you listed it all out. Well, you would see that number troubling, mm-hmm. deeply, deeply troubling, problematic, and has to be responded to seriously. Absolutely. That number pales in comparison to the number of churches that are out there full of people who are trying to live simple, quiet lives of truth yeah. and grace, yeah. loving Jesus and loving their neighbor. Now, if I said that and that was the only thing I had to say, I'd be tone deaf, and that would be a that would not be a helpful response. Yeah, but let's not extend the same fallacy of of seeing plane crashes on the news, sure, and then thinking that every time we step on a plane, the plane's going to crash. That would be a misrepresentation of reality. Absolutely. Even though the seriousness and the devastation caused by any individual crash mm-hmm. uh, should never be minimized. Mm-hmm. That, of course, is a tragic and a horrific event. But that doesn't mean that you are at risk Fantastic. every time you fly to see grandma. Absolutely. Great, 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 great analogy there. So we want to we just want to see the map for what it is. We want to see we want to see reality uh, for, for what it is. All right. So recognizing that it's not, and, and I just want to say this too. Um, I've talked to leaders from other churches. Uh, right now I have a, I have a dear friend. Uh, he's a pastor at his church. They, they just discovered something and they're, mm. they're dealing, they're in the middle of it mm. right, right now. Um, but one of the things that I have been reminded of in this is that there are other people on staff who are brokenhearted and grieving over things that are discovered. 
and it's a congreg it's not a congregation. It's it's not a it's not people in that church going, Well, it's not really a big deal. They're all brokenhearted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and grieving over it. It's not like there's this mass of people who are saying, Ah, sin's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. There is a small minority of people who have been given platforms and power and influence and attention. And uh, they get all the attention, and mm-hmm. and I get why, and I'm not going to fight that, and I'm not I'm not complaining about that. But it, their story is not the story of the countless others who are in these over 380 thousand churches, and I just yeah. I just want to help people to kind of lift their head up and see, all right, yeah, it's not everywhere, but it's a reality that needs to be addressed. So, individually, as 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 Jesus-loving and neighbor-loving and truth and grace-loving uh, followers of Christ, members of churches, how do we respond? I think that there's a tendency inside of us, I feel it and I've seen it in other churches, to want to do something, I call it going on a sin hunt. Mm. And it's like, all right, who else? <laughs> who who else should I not trust? Yeah, who I, I'm going to find them. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, I say it a little tongue in cheek, but I think people get what get what I mean. And one of the ways that it's one of the ways that it can be expressed, and I have seen this up close and personal, is that when a church gets together, maybe for a time of prayer or sharing, it turns into this thing where people have to get up and start announcing all kinds of things mm. about their lives, mm. and. Um, that's not necessarily healthy mm-hmm. or or good. Um, and so I don't believe, I'm just not persuaded that the right thing to do is to go on a sin hunt and try to find it in other people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or does 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 anything about that sound crunchy to you as you hear me say it? Well, one of the, the things that I was thinking of as you're saying that is that I think another danger is that it causes us to mistrust other people in a way where we are looking for the worst in people, yeah. where we're expecting, all right, you know, one person let me down so now how is everyone else going to let me down mm-hmm. and and we don't extend people the the charitable nature that we want extended to ourselves and uh and and we we begin to look at everyone with a little bit of a distorted sure kind of viewpoint sure. well here's something we talk about on our staff it's actually one of our staff values we didn't make it up we adopted it from another church we're like well that's super wise and helpful let's do that um and it's put trust in the gap mm-hmm. um it's and that's not exactly how we that's not exactly how we how we say it um our staff value is choose trust mm-hmm. and what we mean by choose trust is this um Choose to trust others, but also choose what is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we're that's what we're trying to communicate. But there's another church I really appreciate, and, and their thing is put trust in the gap. There's a lot of wisdom in that, but I would imagine it's the kind of thing anything could be misunderstood, and that's a thing that could be misunderstood. And some mm-hmm. of the ways that people, and I want to hear what you th- have to say. Uh, some of the ways that people misunderstand that is, well, so no matter what, I just need to always assume the best about somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's probably unrealistic. Sure. <laughs> in, in the first part, you know, I I uh, I've wrestled for most of my life with the concept of trusting other people. I've been deeply hurt by people that I should have been able to trust, mm. and uh, and so trust has been a hard won thing for me with a lot of relationships, and yet 
as I've wrestled through this, I see a big difference between putting blind trust in someone else just to kind of shut down my own thinking and say, I'm just going to blindly choose to trust someone. That's a very different concept from I'm going to extend trust to this person. I'm going to choose to see mm. the best in this person. I'm going to assume good intentions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow my woundedness or my fears or things to to jump to conclusions that might not be productive or healthy, but instead to 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 approach relationships with a positive spirit of trusting their good intentions Absolutely. unless there's a reason not to yeah there's 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 really good there's really good stuff there um let me let me kind of give a little commentary on what this this value is about to, mm-hmm. to help people better understand where you and i are coming from when we talk about putting trust in the gap or choosing trust it's not well i guess no matter what i discover or no matter what i hear or no matter what accusations come up i got to I, I can't believe anything negative about somebody no, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, uh, Svea was saying some really bad things about about you as a pastor, I'd be like, well, that doesn't sound like Svea. <laughs> um, so putting trust in the gap means, you know what? I'm just going to choose to believe that there is an explanation, uh-huh. um, that there's a reasonable explanation for this, and I just don't know all the information. But I'm not going to stop there. Now I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to say, Svea, I just had this weird conversation. Can uh-huh. you can you help me understand what this person just just said? You know, and then and you I have a and then would you appreciate have a, that so much rather than you then being upset with me and reacting to me in a very unhealthy way. If we can just have that conversation and and resolve it, what it just seems like the playbook that we're born with is we hear something that sounds bad, we act as though it's true. Mm-hmm. And we talk to everybody else but that right. <laughs> but that person. Right. Well, that's not good. very unbiblical. That's right. And so if I hear something, or if you hear something about me, you're going to say, well, that doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound like the person that I know. I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a reasonable explanation. And then you're going to come and you're going to talk to me. And then if you discover that it's true, well, then yes, you, you take trust back. Mm-hmm. You're you're withholding trust because I'm not being trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Do you think we're do, do you think I'm doing an okay job of explaining what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a tension there because ultimately we know that the only one who is fully trustworthy is Jesus Christ Himself. That's right. We know we can trust everything mm. that He said, everything that He modeled, and uh, and that all people at some point are going to fall short of that standard. But yet we still can extend trust to people that are behaving in a trustworthy way. That's right. And so we know every single person is going to let us down. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to do things that disappoint you. I'm going to do things that disappoint the most important people in my life. I'm going to do things. Um, I'm going to do things that people in this church are going to go, man, I uh, kind of wish Rick did not make that decision. And they will be right. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, or there's going to be times where uh, people are like, Rick, you hurt my feelings. And I'm going to have to say, you know what? I was kind of in a hurry. Um, I was being self-focused. I wasn't being gentle. I wasn't thinking about other people. And I was rude. And you're right. And I'm wrong. And I'm so- I mean, that's just like one example. There's going to be all kinds of things like that, mm-hmm. right? And I think on one level, we kind of expect that. But what we don't expect is for someone to drop a grenade in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when someone drops a grenade in our life, 
there's something inside of some of us, maybe inside of me for sure, um, this is, well, I'm never trusting anybody again because I don't know who's going to drop a grenade. I never expected them to drop a grenade. Mm-hmm. And so I got to make sure that I never feel this hurt again. Mm-hmm. So you've shared a little bit. How, do you, how have you walked that road of saying there's something in me that doesn't want to trust, but I, but I can't live that way? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Um, some of the things that have really helped have been knowing people who do act in a trustworthy way. Okay. Um, without sharing too many details, my, my first husband was a very trustworthy person and he recognized that I had some wounding in this area Mm. and he went over and above in demonstrating that he could be trusted. He would, Mm -hmm. he would give me every, every opportunity to prove him trustworthy. And that was very healing just Mm. to see that, you know, what the, the thoughts that I had didn't extend to every person, um, but, but that there were people who were willing to demonstrate that kind of character. And it inspires me to try to be that kind of person for other people. Ooh, yeah. When, when I meet someone who, who, like me, has wrestled with this, it's a gift to them. To, I love that. to give them the opportunity to see, okay, I when I tell you you can trust me, I'm going to try to prove it to you mm. and demonstrate that. Not that I may do it perfectly and I may fall down on this, but this is a value that I have and a desire that I have that I could be that for you. But but ultimately, I think most of the healing that I have found has come through Jesus. Mm. It has been through prayer, through pouring my heart out to God. Mm. Uh, I've had some very powerful times of prayer uh, just envisioning sitting at a table as if Jesus was sitting on the other side of the table and trying to talk to him like I would talk to my best friend and and just to be honest with that hurt to mm. say you know this is what that felt like this is how how wounded I felt in that experience and and I need you to know that and just to be able to pour those feelings out to Jesus and to ask the questions I would ask if he was sitting there, you know, did you see that? Did you see what happened to me? Mm. Recognizing that he did and that he was there with me. So for anybody who is coming from a church background or religious background that says, Svea, it sounds like it sounds, that doesn't sound super reverent (laughs) or I've never thought about Jesus being that close. Mm. I want you to hear, I want you to hear these words. Cast all your cares on him mm-hmm. because he cares for you. Yes. That's what you're that's what you're talking about. Yes. It's how you're connecting personally with that. So we're still talking about the personal stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm saying let's don't go on a sin hunt, as in let's don't go try to find all the reasons we can to not trust others or to find reasons to accuse others. If there's real stuff, well, yeah, we got to. But I'm just saying let's don't go looking for things. Does that make sense? Yep. I like that. So let's move forward a little bit. Hold on, but (laughs) I want to, okay. You clearly still have something you need to say. Spotlight on ourselves, (laughs) right? Search me. Oh God. If Mm. I'm going to go on a sin hunt, I want to go on a sin hunt in my own life. Yeah. I want, I, I want, I don't think I'm this guy yet. I hope that one day I will be that I grieve my sin more than I grieve somebody Mm. else's sin. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard someone say this one time, and it just blew up my thinking. I'll never be more disappointed in you than I am in myself. Mm. 
I've heard you say that from the pulpit before, and that is a powerful statement. Yeah, right now I'm down with preaching it, but not living it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I really want to live this way, and, I, and I'm trying to, God, help me be this. Mm. Right now it's a, I want to want to be this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so well, that's a good first step. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's just the, that's the step. That's the step that I'm on. But I, I want to see the sin of my own life. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I I'm not saying ignore, sweep under the rug, don't take seriously causes of concern, accusation, uh, sin in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Not saying that at all. What I'm just saying is, I'm not going on a hunt for it. Mm-hmm. If I'm hunting down anything, I'm hunting down things in my life because it violates love for God. It violates love for others. It hurts others. It hurts me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Jesus Jesus deserves better. And so I want to live a life of grateful joy and an obedience um, of loving Him. And so that means I'm gonna I'm gonna be on a hunt for sin in my own life, not necessarily a hunt for sin in others' lives. Yeah. All right, but well, that's so- not the only response. I mean, we're not all the way there yet. Well, I was just gonna say the 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 importance of the individual doing that, mm-hmm. of looking at our own lives, at, at laying ourselves bare before the Lord to, mm-hmm. to shine the spotlight on our own heart, where are we falling short, does incredible good for us in the organizational level, too. You wanted to talk about the individuals and an organizational response yes. Yes. to this kind of sin. And uh, all organizations are made up of individuals. And and if we have people in organizations that are living out that mindset of grieving their own sin more than they're grieving others, I think that mm-hmm. sets up an organizational leadership level approach mm-hmm. to sin that would be far more functional than we've often seen demonstrated in some of these recent church scandals. I, I don't know if I'm being too sensitive or in my head too much, but... I. Even as I talk about this, I'm afraid that people are going to hear this and go, Rick, it kind of sounds like now you're dialing it down. Hmm. Um, And I just want to read this. And so as individuals and as an organization and as a church, I want us to take this seriously. If you were here for our series on 1 Thessalonians, you'll remember this from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Um, and that means um, growing in maturity, growing into the status of holiness that we've been given uh, by Jesus, growing to be more like him. There's a lot we could say about that, but just want to cover that quickly. Uh, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lusts like the pagans who do not know God. And in this matter... And what I'm going to read next is I feel like it's just been skipped over by too many uh, church leaders Mm -hmm. and and, and parachurch leaders. And in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Paul was not joking. It was not playing around. This is the this is the church is Jesus's bride, mm-hmm. um, and sexual sin is serious. And I want to live in an ideal world where everybody who trusts in Jesus is now uh, like all of our. We only have like um, um, silly sins, and we don't have serious sins. But that's just not mm-hmm. true. There are real serious, grievous sins that are and can be committed by people who are in Christ and who love Jesus mm-hmm. and they just, they do, 
they they, they make horrific choices. We got to respond to it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I just I just want to keep shining a spotlight on this, especially right now, uh, and in this season. And so, but I think part of the organizational response, and for those who are a part of a church, is to is to is to look and to see. Am I a part of a church that embraces accountability and transparency? Mm. And when things go wrong, do the people who are in positions of leadership and 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 power and authority do they admit it? Mm-hmm. Do leaders ever apologize? Mm-hmm. Um, am I am I in an organization? Am I in an institution? Am I in, am I in a church with leaders? who just cannot admit when they've made a mistake mm-hmm. or they've done wrong. Uh, are leaders comfortable being disagreed with? Are leaders like, you know, it's, it's okay if you see it differently. That's understandable. You know, um, we're, we're doing our best to, to follow Jesus and, 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 and take his word seriously. If you see it differently than I do, that's okay. Or if you disagree with the judgment call that I made, I'm not going to hold that against you mm-hmm. that you disagree with. Me. I mean, is it that kind of, is it that kind of atmosphere? Well, and I think another layer to yeah. that too is when something happens within the organization, mm-hmm. what's the highest value of the organization's response? Is it to protect the organization mm-hmm. or is it to react to that in a way that brings glory and honor to God? Sure. I think too many, for whatever reason, and I don't want to get into the why. I, I, um, I'm going to leave that for other people. I'm just this is this is a true statement about me. Half the time I don't understand my own motives, and I've discovered <laughs> that I'm horrible at diagnosing the motives of other people. So I don't want to get into the why. There are very intelligent people who are well researched who know how to how to diagnose that. I'm going to leave that uh, to them. Let me let me do a shout out for another podcast. Now I'm using the term shout out correctly. The look up the Russell Moore podcast. Mm-hmm. The latest episode with mm-hmm. Rachel Den Hollander worth your time yep listen uh, to that on the drive to church this morning it was fantastic she's the real deal man mm. she is mm-hmm. the real deal and uh i'm i'm i just my my appreciation for russell moore has been renewed mm. uh recently and it's just a, it's a great prog- uh, great podcast great episode can you say a little more about accountability within an organization though because that's i think a relevant topic in, in all of this and, and what it means for an organization to hold itself accountable. And, and, uh, and I'd love for you to, rather than just address that in a, in a broad way about mm. what we're doing here in our own congregation sure. to hold ourselves accountable. So uh, let, me, let me talk about, uh, let's, right now let's talk about uh, accountability at the leadership level. Um, number And it can't be, it can't just be um, that you have a system uh, designed to respond to wrongdoing. That has to be a part of it. But it can't only, can't only be that. Um, so this isn't, we didn't script this, so I might fumble through this answer. And so you help me if you think, if you think I'm relentlessly, right? If you think I'm missing something, thank you. All right. Um, so are there, uh, one pastor that I like says everybody has to have a they that they report to, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the way that it works at Autumn Ridge Church. Um, it's not something that we like preach about or we talk about a lot in public, so it's important. I'm, I'm appreciate this opportunity to explain that elders in our church 
are appointed by the congregation. Mm-hmm. The congregation empowers uh, 12 individuals um, to be uh, the sort of the, the gatekeepers of our church. And an elder's job, um, they empower pastors to lead. Their job is to uh, encourage pastors and, and congregation, and I really mean that in a, in a shepherding uh, type way, and their job is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and each pastor has a designated elder that's kind of your, your partner on the team. That's their partner to, they, to mm-hmm. know personally, to pray with, to be, mm-hmm. to be connected with. Uh, the chairman of the elder board, Harold Burden, um, and I, we just met yesterday. Uh, we, we meet on a, on a lot of Mondays, and we don't just talk business. We talk personal stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it's so – as far as the account – so they're empowering the, – the elder board is empowered by the congregation, and the elder board empowers uh, pastors to, to, to lead um, and to give us the, the ability to fulfill the responsibilities uh, that, we, uh, that, that we've been tasked with. So accountability is to make sure that we align to our statement of faith and that we don't deviate from that, uh, that we're accountable uh, to keep advancing our mission, our vision, and our values, and that we don't, uh, we don't lose any momentum, uh, we, don't, we, we don't become victims to entropy in that, that we are financially accountable, um, that our, uh, the, the way that we are that we are serving the community and serving the people within our church is is done in a in a Christ honoring way in a way that 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 lives up to to our values of love and grace and and all of that and so, um, but it's also it's also Svea um, regularly reinforcing it in positive ways as mm-hmm. well. Uh, some of the things that, that we do is we make sure that everybody on staff has a personal retreat day mm-hmm. or once a month where you, you have, a, you have a, a day. This should be a regular rhythm of your life, personal time with the Lord, but there's a day where we're saying it's what you do is so important, and we understand that the demands and the stresses of, of ministry can be so significant at times that we want you to take a day where you're getting away and you are just focused on your relationship with Christ. You're studying. You're recharging. You are, you are investing in your your relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus, so that you can come back e- even even stronger. Um, we've we've got some systems in place where we're focusing on people's uh, strengths. Uh, we're focusing on people's uh, personal lives and, and their relationship. Where we're constantly in a in a positive sense, helping to make sure people are staying healthy and vital. Mm-hmm. But we also have some. Um, accountability structures in place to make sure things don't go wrong. Like here's this one example. Um, two people count all the money and they count it in a room that has windows mm-hmm. around it. You can see what's going on. There there are there there are systems and safeguards and systems in place. And then there are people who are empowered to engage when they see someone who's done something inappropriate. And I think those systems are working pretty well mm-hmm. in, in our church. But you shouldn't believe it simply because I say it. You should only believe it if you see fruits of it in our mm. church. 
Mm, say more about that. That's helpful. Yeah. So this is this is biblical terminology. It's good fruit and bad fruit. Um, someone who is living a life that's not loving others and loving Jesus, you're going to see evidences of that in their life. That's always what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about good fruit and bad fruit. Uh, good fruit is if someone is loving Jesus and loving others, you're going to see evidences of that in their life. One of the ways this is expressed in the life of a believer, you're going to be able to see things that you can point at, things that you can, really kind of things you can quantify related to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. self-control. Those things are going to be, those things are going to be, um, going to be obvious. If you're not seeing that and you're seeing things that, that smell a little funny, <laughs> dig in. Yeah. And investigate. You open up your fridge at home and something smells funky. <laughs> you're going to figure out what it is and you're going to get it out. Yeah. Right? Um, if you smell something a little funny, don't ignore it. Now, say the difference between that and going on a sin hunt. Going on a sin hunt. And by the way, this is just like my term. It doesn't come from anybody. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe totally ignore it. I don't know. But what I'm talking about going on a sin hunt is there's not anything that I'm aware of, but there's probably something there. Uh It's a gun looking for it, right? I got to go find it. I'm going to be an investigative reporter. I'm going to be. I'm going to be a private detective. I'm going to. I'm going to go find. I can't see it. I'm not aware of anything. But but I'm the guy who's always going to look for it. Right. I don't think that's healthy. I just you know I just don't think that's healthy. What I'm talking about is. When you become aware of something, don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Respond to it. Respond to it with wisdom. Respond to it with love. Respond to it um, honestly. Respond to it seriously. Mm-hmm. And you may discover, oh, I thought it was one thing. It's actually no big deal. Mm-hmm. Or you may discover it, there's there's something here that, that we need to call attention to. Which kind of brings us back mm-hmm. full circle to where we started from and the importance of acknowledging messy things That's right. that happen in our own church and messy things that happen around uh, churches in general. Rick, we've been chatting for a, a good long while here. We, we mm-hmm. were off for a couple of weeks, but I think we've uh, come back with a supersized episode. I know. It's like we <laughs> filled in all the airtime that we, that, we, that we left vacant. And let me say this. You cannot talk about this. You cannot talk about this without feeling... Um, f- Feeling all the things that come from old wounds, if you have old wounds, mm-hmm. if you have trauma in your past, uh, it's, you can't you can't listen to this. You can't talk about this without it coming up. Uh, earlier in our earlier in our conversation, I was thinking about something in my own in my own story, and I felt myself get a little little tearful just mm. just thinking just thinking about that. And that's okay, mm-hmm. um, right? There might be some people, Svea, who are listening, and they're in the middle of something right now. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is you need to tell someone. Yeah. Um, and when and de- I mean, if you need to contact law enforcement or the authorities, do that. You are not wrong for doing that. If you are experiencing from someone something unwanted, especially sexual, from someone who's much older than you, someone who's in a position of power or authority, it is okay to get the authorities involved. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But tell someone. And if that first person doesn't listen to you, you keep telling somebody till somebody takes you seriously. Mm-hmm. If someone comes to you and shares with you something of concern, don't simply dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person that says, 
always believe everything that you hear, but I'm going to take every accusation seriously. Yes. Yes. Because no matter what, there's a problem. If the accusation isn't true, well, the person who made the accusation has a hurt. There's a hurt that's driving that. I want that person to be cared for. Yes. If the accusation is true, there's lots of hurts that need to be addressed and cared for. So we take every accusation, every concern seriously. So tell somebody, if you're a person who's told, act on it responsibly, contact the authorities, contact somebody who's in a position, uh, in a, in a, in a position uh, to, to, be, to be helpful. But I want to say this. Counseling is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I have benefited from from counseling. It's mm-hmm. been it's been a uh, it's been a tremendous gift in, in my life. There's a there's a there's a counselor who I go and talk to uh, from occasion on, on occasion. She just helps me kind of. She just help, she's my friend. She's she's a guide. She she helps me see things that sometimes I'm blind to, or sometimes I'm just wondering, am I really seeing this clearly mm-hmm. enough? And uh, sometimes she'll say yes. Or sometimes she'll say no. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so it's a it's a it's a benefit. And so if you have hurts, especially if you have trauma, you need to avail yourself to someone who is skilled in helping you find healing. Yes. And that and I and I just uh, I want to be a strong advocate for that. Yeah, I agree with that very much. I've had the same experience in my own life, and mm-hmm. uh, and attribute a lot of of healing that I found also to the help of of having good strong counselor guides to mm-hmm. walk alongside me in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just want to say, let's. Uh, we pray for our church. Will you? We pray for leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you pray for those who you know are hurting? Um, would you pray for those who are causes of hurt? Um, we we want um, we want all to experience uh, the goodness and the healing and the grace uh, that comes from Jesus. And listen, prayer is not the thing that you do when you can't do any anything else. Prayer is the thing that we always go to because I can't wait to talk. We're going to start a new message series in a couple of weeks. Um, we uh, we know where our help comes from. Mm-hmm. We know where our strength comes from. I'm referring to Psalm 121, one and two. We've got a new message series coming up called called Look Up, and uh, man. Prayer is prayer is our first response. It should be the language of our heart, right? Um, because uh, because power and love and grace and truth and all of these things come from the one who made us in His image. Mm-hmm. And so, prayer is our way to stay connected and united with Him. And so, I want to be an advocate for that. And just a reminder: if you can be here on June fifth for our uh, ecclesia, a gathering of Autumn Ridge Church for a night of worship and unheard prayer, I hope you'll be a part of that. That'd be great. Rick, thank you for this conversation. I love that we are a church that has good conversations about everything, about the the exciting and mm. the uplifting, but also that we are, as our value says, we move to the messes. That's and right. uh, and at least when we're physically able to do so, we will have <laughs> we're the not conversation. In yeah. All right. Guys, uh, we're probably gonna take we're probably gonna take a couple of weeks off. We gotta retool some things with the podcast. Uh, but we're going to be back and uh, hopefully better than ever. Looking forward to that. Thanks, Rick.